Welcome to You Heard Me Right, a podcast that brings people together through creativity, collaboration, and colorful conversation. I'm your host, Casey. On today's episode, we rediscover a special time in life that's, well, unintentionally becoming sort of a recurring theme on the show. Maybe because being a grown-up is super hard, I don't know. Um, anywho, the theme for today's show is... Encore. We hope that this episode earns a standing ovation from you. Ooh, but we gotta go get ready for places. Uh, uh, we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We killed it out there, y'all. This was the best You Heard Me Right Fest ever. Um, wait a second. We were the closer, right? Why? Why are the people still here? Uh, I don't know, bro. I mean, do we know any more songs? Bro, we barely knew the ones we played. Um, but I guess if the people want a show, we gotta give them a show. All right, all right. Mark, oh my God, what have you been up to? It's so good to see you. Oh man, Casey, uh, I started a podcast of my own. Uh, I got my co-host, Bill Worley. Uh, Together, we have Ridiculous News. Uh, You can get that wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Also, I've been making some comedy videos that you can find at Mark Kendall Comedy. Well, Mark, since I have you here, and you know all about being a writer on this show, why don't you introduce the guest writer for today's episode? Nothing would make me happier. Y'all, start putting your hands together right now. Make all the noise in the world. Show some love to Seth, everyone. Seth! Woo! Woo! Hi, I'm Seth Fishman. I'm a children's book writer, and I write children's books that tend to be really adventurous, challenging to write books that are fiction for kids. I tap into my silliness by trying to think of the things I do that make kids laugh. But the problem I've discovered is that a lot of the things that I do to make kids laugh is very physical. 
And so what I tend to then try and do is think about weird situations that kids haven't thought of before and also to make fun of parents. One of the th- my favorite things I say for a lot of my nonfiction books are, hey, guess what? You look at who's reading this book, whether it's your teacher or your parent, they don't know this information either. They don't know what this is. And you're learning it at the same time as them. And I like being able to do that. Seth will now read his written piece entitled, All the Things. The stars shine and the little night watches from her tower, making sure her city is safe. She's still there now, so tiny on the page, and you somehow know she feels invincible in her armor. Mom closes the book and moves to stand, but you take her arm, and she relents, smiling. If you could make her, she would be here all night reading, even as you slept. The next day is pancakes for breakfast, and Dad puts in chocolate chips and banana slices to form a round and crooked face. You hold out your syrup-smeared plate, and he laughs, pouring more batter into the pan. If you could make him, he would pour pancakes all day long. On the playground, Bowie takes your hand and pulls you up the slide. And even though the teacher always tells you not to go up the slide, there's no one here but you. You slip, and they hold your fingers tight, and you both laugh. If you could make them, you'd climb up and then slide down long after the teacher calls you in. The sun merges with the earth, and the orange paints your cat, which purrs warmly on your lap. You are tired, and tonight is double shift night, and you are still a little bit hungry. There's no one to read to you, and tomorrow there will be no pancakes or school. But you sleep deep anyway, an invincible little knight, ready, so ready, for all the things you will never stop doing or wanting or finding or loving. And none of you have left yet. Okay, well... Seth's written piece actually reminded me a lot of the childhood joy that another one of our former guests wrote about last season. Oh, no way. Oh, uh uh-uh. Is that Rebecca Suela walking around backstage? Get out here, girl. Hi. Hi, everybody. Rebecca, what have you been up to? Oh, well, I've still just been up to making magic. I've been doing my tarot readings and teaching And I'm starting to combine those in a new way with teaching tarot. So if you're interested in following, you can find me at Becca Suella on Instagram. Well, oddly enough, the first audio artist on today's episode is actually your namesake. You want to bring her on? I would love to. From one Becca to another. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Becca. Hi, my name is Becca Kesson, and I am a theatrical sound designer. So I actually moved from New York to Los Angeles distinctly with the goal to pursue a theater career. And yes, that does sound very counterintuitive. I will counter with the fact that Los Angeles does, in fact, have more theaters than the city of New York. And um, we have a huge and vibrant theater scene here. I think the thing that excited me most about joining you on this podcast was the fact that you were asking us to create something from an initial written prompt. 
And that in some ways is very within my wheelhouse and then in other ways is a completely new and exciting thing. And I think we like it because, you know, as sound designers, it kicks the door wide open for us. I mean, there just so happens to be a lot of VIP guests in the house tonight. Mm. Doesn't that sound wonderful, everyone? Being in the house tonight? Dang it. That's the thing about live performance, though. You never know what's gonna happen. I mean, what, what, wait a minute. Speaking of live, that is not season one's Evie right there in the front row. Somebody pass Evie the mic, y'all. Come on. Hey, hey, what's up? Evie, the fans love you, girl. What have you been up to? Hi, so um, I barely got a chance to catch this show because I am headed to New York. I am the Drama League Stage Directing Fellow, which means I will be working with seven different organizations for the next two years, which means I won't be in Atlanta for a while. Um, so a lot has changed since we, uh, since we first worked together. Well, I know you got to get out of here. You got places to be. But I, I think it could be cool if you could, I don't know, introduce today's second guest audio artist. Absolutely. Our second artist is Jessica. Jessica, we are so excited to hear from you. everybody. My name is Jessica Lois. I am a mostly pop songwriter based in LA, and I'm so happy to be here on the You Heard Me Right podcast. As, uh, as it goes with a lot of people, I have a very kind of cliche story about how I really started getting into writing, which was I went to college and got my heart broken for the first time, and then it was, now I need to write songs about this, and then it kind of just continued from there. The way I approach the variety of things that need to happen for a song to come about, whether it's the technical aspect of the mixing or the compositional aspect of the music and the writing of the lyrics, a lot of it's collaboration. And so I love to collaborate. I write with other people. I have, most of the time I have other people mix my songs. I even have people sing my songs a lot um, because I just, I love the process of hearing how other people interpret your work. And so it's a lot of collaboration. OMG, y'all are not going to believe this. They had to call in security to start getting those folks out of there. Fortunately, the band and I were able to make our way to the secret escape tunnel that actually leads straight to the studio. Although, having the opportunity to catch up with some old art friends was admittedly pretty nice, especially right before we get to make some new art friends on the other side of this break. Okay. Okay, y'all, I think the exit's this way. We should be in the clear. Oh, no, they found it. Seth and Becca and Jessica, thank you so much for coming to be a part of our L.A. You Heard Me Right sessions. And... uh, you were tasked with as a writer, Seth. We gave you a one to two word theme, and uh, the soundies don't know what that theme is yet. So we'll we'll dive into that a uh, little bit later. And from that theme, you created your amazing story, whimsical, took us to all the places, and that story was given to both. 
Becca and Jessica, and they responded to it, however it made them feel uh, in audio form. So we're going to kick off our chat today by getting to hear those audio responses. And I get I guess you're you're closest to me. Um if we could start with Jessica's audio response, that would be great. Here we go. Exciting. Wish I could have held you when you were small. Sit you down and tell you it wasn't your fault And all the things you failed you had to take on They were never yours to carry at all Tend to the scars that you've been neglecting Hold space for the scream that you've been suppressing Love on the parts that need more accepting Gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And so now we will hear Becca's audio response. Thank you, Becca. Like, I, I was sort of tranced out. Oh, yeah. Whoa. The, like, both pieces are so just, like, 
airy in their own ways, but I'm just I'm I'm just some person. Uh, uh, <laughs> Seth, what what are your thoughts after hearing those two very different responses to your written piece? Well, I mean that was incredible, and first of all, thank you. I mean, this doesn't happen. Uh, <laughs> it's such an honor, and the the goosebumps are real. It's sort of shocking to feel like the visceral reaction that you can feel on the body with just knowing that you guys took the time and energy and care into this to find your own meaning, but also to, you know, take the words that were created. And that's really an honor. So thank you both. Um, I tried to avoid looking your eyes in the middle of it because I wanted to stick (laughs) with the music. Um, But what was so amazing is the different takes with the same feel somehow or the same message that both of y'all, you know, seem to come towards. I mean, it felt like totally different ways of looking at of what I wrote, but it, they both meshed and I thought that was really amazing. So I'm sort of blown away. I mean, I feel like I have lots to say, but yeah, I mean, there's I so much there. <laughs> you want to hear say, it? Say what you okay. Have. Well, um, well, Jessica, yours was first. And I, I mean, first of all, what a, incredibly soulful song that just made you feel all the feels, which is wonderful. And, you know, you didn't know I was a children's book writer when I walked into this, and maybe you could feel some of that in there, but that was uh, a a tone and perspective I wanted to take on the, the topic. And, do we, can I say what the topic is? Do we? <laughs> Go for it. We're all out here at this point. Yeah. Well, it was Encore. Is the, uh, is mm. in, you know, obviously there's like, Becca, you would have done that in a totally different way, right? You oh, know, or, absolutely. Or whatnot. Yeah. And, but I, when, when I had to step in towards it being a kid's story, then I was like, what is something that a kid wants mm. over and over again? And of course they want these good things. And you think of happy things like uh, pancakes or, or, or your, your parents reading to you, but but that's not what it is, right? What it really is 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 love and safety and yeah. connection. But I also realize that we don't live in that world. We don't live in that space. So, so the stories the, were intended to find those happiness in what might be a tough life, I suppose, or or a regular life. And I felt like both of you guys really approached that. And so, Jessica, your story is—I mean, your song uh, was exactly was exactly that. It was answering that, you know, in in a very specific way, which is uh, a heartfelt love letter to to a child saying, yeah. "I'm here. I got gotcha. you." I'm having so many emotional reactions to everything you guys are saying. I just—it's so interesting to me. I was really curious what yours was going to be before I came in. Um, cause it's just so clear to me how central, you know, we're all different people and we have different backgrounds and whatnot, but like, it is so central to the human experience that we all need to feel loved and cared for and safe. And like, you know, when I first read your piece, um, you know, my immediate reaction was just like, this is what a beautiful childhood that I did not have. You know what I mean? Like it just it immediately struck me as like, I have wanted that my whole life, but especially when I was young and I was in an environment where I didn't feel loved often and I didn't feel cared for and I definitely didn't feel safe. And so, you know, my piece was very much kind of like, how do I, I wanted to write to the little girl that didn't get that to like my child self and be like, hey, I really wish that somebody, and I guess it's now, it's me, like I really wish that somebody could have scooped you up and just held you close and be like, it's okay, like it's not your fault. And even though you didn't feel 
held and seen and loved and cared for when you were a kid, like adult me is going to take care of you because child us lives inside all of adult us's. And I think it's really important that we, you know, it's that whole thing of like, you have to reparent yourself. Like you have to be who you, who you needed when you were a child as an adult. And when that little kid pops up and wants to like make bad decisions or like Mm -hmm. make decisions that are, are uh, coming from a place of like fear or insecurity or anything, as opposed to coming from places of being more grounded and being Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm an adult. I don't have to react the way I did when I was a child. Um, Okay. So this is, um, I'm actually very, very sort of emotionally overwhelmed with both of your responses here because like we really are vibing along. We're we're thinking along the same ways. And to me, immediately upon reading what you had written, I had sort of distilled it down to this is about being safe and loved and cared for. You know, this is exactly (laughs) like this is like all of our pieces are about safety and Mm -hmm. needing to feel safe, Mm -hmm. but keep going. And, And I wanted to think about how I might demonstrate this. And it started, um, this had like four different edits and it ripped it apart a number of times. And what I decided to really just come down to at the center of it was what is this, what is a memory and a moment in time of my childhood where I feel safe and loved and cared for. And then you take it to the end of the piece. And I think about this a lot because my family is 3000 miles away from me. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'll talk to my dad sometimes and he'll tell me what he made for dinner. He's like, oh, Becca, I made this and it's vegan and you would have liked it. You could have eaten it with us. And I was thinking a lot about that um, as I worked on this. It's just like, I'd give anything for my dad to come, you know, make me pancakes. And like, we all want our mom to just give us a hug sometimes. And so what's that like warm, safe center of your childhood home or not necessarily childhood home, the people that you love, that you carry with you, what does that sound like? And then I um, branched it out to, now I'm just being a sound nerd, but if you had headphones (laughs) on when you listen, it's um, mixed in 3D. Mm -hmm. So you could listen and you would hear, okay, like it starts here and then different sounds actually move towards you. The dog goes that way, like the chimes move around. And I wanted to sort of make an experience that was less linear and more about just this one emotional place in time. I want to hear that Me that too. way. Yeah, and I will. I was going to say, on the podcast, <laughs> yes. I, I assume most folks will be listening on yeah. headphones. I think most people do, probably. Yeah. Right. Well, one of the things here is that, you know, because you weren't given the prompt encore, right. like, the thing that I think fa- is really fascinating about hearing your responses is that it still plays into it because, you know, asking for something for again and again, I, 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 there's an indulgence that a kid has and sometimes it's just for, like, sweets again and again and again. And, and you can really make that very very simple if you look at it that way. But what are you guys what are you talking about? You're talking about well if it's not if it didn't happen for me then we move on. We have our future lives and we have that which we're going to be giving to our kids. And you know, I can't help but think when I write this is like what am I what did I have and what am I going to give? Yeah. And it's, sometimes it's going to be your actual kids but sometimes it's about just whoever you're with mm-hmm. and how you can grant those moments in the context of the whirlwind of this crazy life that we have. And I love the idea that you guys actually are tapping on that, even when Encore wasn't really in the forefront of your mind, which is really cool. I wonder if that's somehow related to all of our fields. I think a crucial aspect in all of our work is empathy. Mm. You know, if we do not yeah. have empathy, then, yeah. you know, we can't do our job. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I everything that you were just saying, like, makes me think that, well, you know, it's not for us, but... It is for someone, and, like, that's the next component in our work. Because I think also with the empathy thing as well, you know, so many people who make art are 
attempting to give the world something that they haven't quite grasped onto yet for mm. themselves. Um, and so I think with being empathetic and, and having empathy for other people, so much of it is so much of it is not letting what you experienced determine what you're going to give, if that makes sense. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I keep going back to what you said about our work is what we put out to the universe, like mm-hmm. giving our love, even if we have not received yeah. that. And that's something that we were talking about earlier in terms of our field. And I'm just, mm-hmm. we haven't discussed this before, but I am guessing you have both felt this in what you do as well. Like when you love and are so passionate about your work and it just beats the hell out of you. Can I curse on your show? Um, okay, great. Like when it just like is beating you down and grinding you down. And, um, you know, sometimes for me, like theater can almost feel like like that bad ax. You can't quite leave. Right, right. Um, and we do it anyway. And we're yeah. sending our love out anyway because that is how we communicate with yeah. our fellow people. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, that just really struck a chord no, with me. When I'm identifying that. with that. I mean... I'm like clearly like having a reaction to it because it's something I'm going through right now. But yeah, art is hard. Art is very, very hard, especially if you're trying to make good art and you're trying to make honest art and you're trying to make art that feels impactful to you and other people. That process is not a walk in the park. And uh-huh. even no. the people who are just like, oh yeah, it just this just came to me and I just wrote this whole book or this whole poem and just in a stream of consciousness. Cool. But most people, one, that's not happening. And two, even if that does happen, you go back and you edit. And it's solo. You're like by yeah, yourself. exactly. Even exactly. though you're creating something that is for a larger group. Mm-hmm. And so it's this weird dynamic where you're yeah. by yourself in a room doing this kind of stuff. And yeah. then you're like, here. <laughs> yeah. This is probably the longest that a group has stayed on like topic oh. with talking about the work. But clearly this was such a deeply nuanced process that we're still like I mean, it's unraveling. Yeah. <laughs> that whole thing. Ugh, yeah. That, yeah. It's, there's there's a lot there. Let's end on a, a, a silly, fun <laughs> note as we tend to do here. So we're talking about things that made us happy as children, things that bring you joy and happiness and all that kind of stuff. As adult people, where do you go? What do you do that's like, yo, I love this. This makes me feel like a kid again. The immediate mental response that I had was, um, my goddaughter is not quite two. And um, I got to see her the other night for the first time in like a month and bedtime was 7.30 and at seven o'clock dance party starts so that she can wear herself out and go to sleep, which is like a mom directive. And so- Genius. Yeah. (laughs) So Ella and I had this dance party at, you know, it wasn't even dark out yet and just dancing around the room and being so uninhibited and silly because again, I was with my safe people. I was with my best friend in the world, her husband and their kid. Like that is my family. And, you know, well, found family is like, that's a whole other podcast, (laughs) Um, but it still applies to what we're doing here. And I felt safe and I felt loved and I felt so happy. And I think part of it goes back to, I was with this little kid that I would lay down and die for. Like part of us being those functioning adults is then caring for other people in turn. Yeah. I like had a reaction when you said about your goddaughter, I have a niece that's six and you know, the one thing that makes me uh, feel really good and find a lot of joy is honestly blowing bubbles <laughs> um, yeah. because that was, I just have so many memories of being at my grandmother's house where I always felt 
safe and loved. All the things I didn't feel in my actual home, like I felt at my grandmother's house and in her presence and with her loving me. And I used to always like blow bubbles in her front yard. But then I also thought about spending time with my niece who's six. And Autumn, if you're listening, it's Auntie Jess. I love you. Just seeing her have the kind of childhood that every child deserves, ah, it just makes me emotional. Like to just watch her be a free child, really. Um, So that, I think, brings me a lot of joy. I'm from West Texas. It's does get cold at night, but it's also relatively hot. But I had this heater that was it's called the heat wave. It was the, still the best heater, foot heater I've ever had. And I used to do all my homework, all my reading, all my laying on the floor, post like bath time, whatever, in front of that thing. And I have a heater everywhere. I have a heater at my office. I have a heater at my home. You know, they're all, it's just for me, my space heaters on the ground can be super hot. So that's my like warm, that's my... I, I waste so much electricity running this heater, but that's like my like need, you know, is to have that in my room by myself warmth, uh, physical, like actual warmth. Physical it's warmth, so like yeah. lame and it's so cliche, but it's actual warmth that, that I need. And uh, that's, yeah, that would be my thing. Yeah. Y- y'all are just peeling at the layers of the inner child and the, the outer children. That's a bad phrase. That's not a real we phrase. Yeah. <laughs> that was like the most uh, arguably grown up. You heard me right. <laughs> I was like, damn, this is Thank you for the Pleasure. This was so nice. It means so much to me that what you guys did. I know. I know. Like everybody. Childhood shit runs deep, man. Yeah, yeah, I am yeah. so surprised at how emotional I got. Like I heard me your too. song for the first time and I started tearing up and I was like, well, this is like, okay, we're starting the podcast. This I Here we go. Um, my kid's going to cry a lot. He's very emotional, my older one. And uh, the younger one will like it, but the older one will. <laughs> He's like, again, please. Yeah. Encore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> be sure to tune in to our next episode, which just happens to be the final stop on our season two road trip. Where did the time go? We'll hear you later. You Heard Me Right is a Spotify SoundUp original series and was workshopped as part of the SoundUp Podcasting Accelerator at Spotify headquarters in New York City. From Could Be Pretty Cool Productions, this episode was produced and edited by Casey Willis. Audio engineering by Isaac Rodriguez. Mixing and sound design by Moon Echo Audio. And videography by Jacob McCoy. Our executive producers are Casey Willis and Moon Echo Audio. Special thanks to Greg Cooler at Lantern Audio, Gina, Baron, Lexi, Caroline, and Simone. From Spotify, executive producers Julie McNamara, Corinne Gilliard, Miguel Contreras, Natalie Tillock, and James Zumwalt. For more information about today's guest artists, visit us at HerdWrightPod.com or follow us on IG at HerdWrightPod. Thanks for listening.